0: Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Steven. And Kyle. And it is the Christmas season, so we hope you are all having a wonderful time. We hope you have a safe and happy holiday weekend this coming weekend. And just get to hang out with the people you hold close to you. For sure. Kyle's got a episode together on some Skinwalker goodness. That's two things I never thought I'd say together. But before we get to that, we got to get through our business, a little bit of house cleaning, housekeeping, whatever it is. Check us out at all our socials Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, and Reddit. Come be part of the Holo Cult. Just hang out. You know you want to. Spread the word. Join the cult. If you have a paranormal experience that you'd like to share with the show for a future episode, Kyle's got some info that you'll be interested in. You can call the
1: holophone, which is going to be 1618-556-0837. That along with the emails are going to be in the show notes as well. So don't worry about writing it down. But the emails are hollowskypodcast at gmail.com, hollowsky at gmail.com. Send your story to any one of those, or any of the socials, or anywhere you can get us your story, your encounters. Questions, concerns, all of the above. Send them over to one of them, and we will do our best to get it to where it needs to be.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I want to take time now to mention that this past week, I know I said it on a future show that I re- we recorded, that I got the date screwed up on, but this past week we... Wednesday, to be specific, we released the first episode of uh, what we like to call Night Shift. It is a live uh, episode that we post on YouTube and we will eventually post it on other media platforms. But it's just me and Kyle hanging out, talking, and then we pop off the Holophone Live to where our listeners can call in and share their experiences live on air. We also have a live chat going, and we interact with everyone. It went really, really well this past Wednesday, our first episode. Even though we didn't promote it, we didn't have a chance to put it out there. We had like 30 minutes. We had something fall through, and then uh, Kyle's like, yo, you want to try this? We'd been thinking about it for a while, and we're just like, whatever, let's pull the trigger on it, and it went swimmingly. So expect that in the future, We will do better at promoting it, and you can come and hang out, be part of the chat. When we open the lines, you can call in if you have anything weird. Um, We will also be posting the audio from the Night Shift as extra content here on Hollow Sky. It will probably drop the Tuesday before our next live Wednesday show. That way it kind of stirs up a little bit of interest, and people who don't do the YouTube don't want to go over there and deal with it can still catch it here on the show.
1: Yep. Sounds about right. But yeah, like Steve said, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't be happier with the way it turned out.
0: If you'd like to support the show, plenty of ways to do it. Check out our Patreon. If there's anything you're interested in over there. You can sign up. We've got tons of extra content, all sorts of stuff going on over there. You can drop us some pocket change in the Monster Fund via Venmo. We appreciate that. Uh, the best thing you can do is spread the show word of mouth. Share us on social media. Share us to anybody that listens to podcasts and likes weird stuff the 40 and the unexplained paranormal conspiracies. You know the spiel. Drop our name in the hat, hopefully. It gets us some more uh, listeners and more listeners means more weird stories and more weird stories means more episodes. You know how it works. You can also leave us a five star rating and review. These five stars help uh, get us out to more ears on podcast platforms. And I will gladly shout you out if I find them. Again, I'm on Apple. This time we have a five star from our friend, Buddy Anthony says, love this podcast. Five stars. Really great podcast. Buddy Anthony, you definitely are our buddy. And I appreciate you taking the time to leave us those kind words and that five-star rating and review. I cannot get enough of these.
1: Yeah. We definitely need them. They help us out, and it's just nice to hear everybody's feedback on
0: what we're doing. Yep. Yep. That being said, we're moving on to the listener experience of the day. And this comes back around to us from my good friend and yours ghost hunter dave he sent us the entirety of his bigfoot encounter here close to where me and kyle reside so ghost hunter dave says hey steve this is my rosedale account as best as i can remember it this is the same account i also send to sasquatch chronicles in the mid-90s, I had an incident in Rosedale, Illinois, in which I believe I witnessed a bipedal cryptid. Rosedale Valley is about two to three miles long. Coon Creek Road runs through the valley with a creek that runs closely along one side. On the other side, used to be an open field that ran up to the hillside. Both sides of the valley are heavily wooded and fairly steep in most places. I was down there in the morning, picking up creek stones for my then-wife's flower bed. I had walked the creek, picking up stones and throwing them "'up by the road to pick up later. "'I had walked about a mile and a half down the creek "'when I finally climbed back up the road "'to walk back to the van. "'It was then that the hair on the back of my neck stood up. "'I didn't see it at first, but I stopped and looked around. "'I don't know why, but my senses caught it before my eyes. "'On the hillside, across the field, "'I saw a large thing that at first I thought "'was a large tree stump or a broken-over tree. "'It was dark in color, dark brown, almost to dusty gray.' It really caught my eye when I noticed that it was slowly swaying from side to side. I stopped dead in my tracks and I just stared. When it knew it had been spotted, it stood up, swaying side to side even more so. We both stood looking at each other for a good minute or so. It was tall, probably 7 to 8 feet tall. Dark hair covered almost like a camo suit. Funniest thing was the more we stared, the heavier the swaying was. It was then that I realized I was running fast back towards my van. It then turned and started walking up the steep hill with no trouble at all. I stopped at that point and watched it walk back up the hill. It turned its entire upper body and looked back once, and then it crested the hill and was gone. I did not pick up the rocks. I also have not been back to the valley since. I've had one other experience in Calhoun County, Illinois, where the uh, Illinois Department of Natural Resource was involved with knocks, grunts, and hoots. This was also near the Illinois River, and I haven't been back there either. I truly believe it's a species of some kind of animal due to its actions. Do I want to see it again? Hell no. And where I have and where there's reports, I do not go any longer. That thing scares the piss out of me. And having been a paranormal researcher for quite a few years, that's saying something. Ghost Hunter Dave. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to put that entire encounter together. I appreciate you sending it in. And if you're listening to the show you need to come on and we need to do an interview for sure because not only do I want to listen to this encounter of your Bigfoot come from you. I would also like for you to share all of the other paranormal encounters that you have had that you have shared with me back when we used to work together because they definitely stood out and kind of helped, uh, push me in the direction of getting to where I am now. Hearing, hearing people, uh, have similar experiences and be open with their encounters is is really what this is all about. And I want to na- make note that I talked to, to Dave and he is going to be on an upcoming episode of Sasquatch Chronicles. So be sure to listen for that about yeah. his Illinois Bigfoot encounter. Yeah,
1: that's, that's awesome.
0: That is awesome. That being said, hopefully he will also be on an upcoming episode of the Holoscott <laughs> podcast. So if you're listening, Dave... I sent you Let's a bunch of text messages. Hit me up.
1: Let's make this happen.
0: And we appreciate you. The the area he is talking about is highly squatchy. And it is like right between uh Pier Marquette Park where the BFRO and uh, finding Bigfoot did their round table where we have gotten pictures of footprints and we have, and it's in between there and kind of like my family's property where we have heard the howls, where I had the whistling incident, where uh, my dad had the catfish bait incident. So that whole area there, that whole bluff side is just super thick, super steep. Not a lot of people in it. It's definitely a squatchy area that could conceal something large without uh, anyone even noticing.
1: It's definitely interesting that, like he described, uh, picking it up with his senses before he actually seen it. And I've also heard the sway thing before, too. Where they'll be looking at each other and it sways back and forth for some reason. That
0: is weird. <clears throat> I wonder if it's if it's trying to make itself seem bigger. Maybe. That, I, I, mean, I mean that makes it doesn't sense. Need to, but right,
1: right. and that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you can't really put a put a size on it when it's continuously moving, especially if it's behind trees and stuff. It's gonna make itself look wider than it really is. Right. But, again, thanks, Dave, Ghost Hunter Dave, for submitting this. Uh, We definitely have to get you on the show because you've got some stories and people need to hear them.
1: I I would love to hear them.
0: That being said, we're going to jump right into Kyle's Skinwalker accounts. I am stoked to hear this. He's been talking it up, so I am primed and ready. Yeah,
1: it's a good one, man. This book was phenomenal, Uh, so thanks for getting that because Steve's actually the one that got me this book. And uh it's called Skinwalkers, Shapeshifters, and Native American Curses by Gary and Wendy Swanson. And like I said, I can't speak more highly of this book. It was really entertaining. Once I got my my teeth into it, um, uh, I was hooked. I couldn't stop reading it. But basically, you have Gary and Wendy here, and... They live in Oregon and have always loved the outdoors. One of their their passions has always been Bigfoot. They've written books about it. They, they just have this fascination with Bigfoot. And we know that community does that. Like when, when they double down on Bigfoot, they go hard for Bigfoot. Well, I assume they run a website. But regardless, one day they received a submission about a new entity one that they had never heard before. Most likely because of all their efforts have just been aimed at Bigfoot. But the entity was known as the Legendary Skinwalker. So they ended up reaching out to a healer friend of theirs, a medicine man in the Comanche nation of the Great Plains. This man's wife was part of the Apache tribes. Well, it seems... That this man knew of the skinwalker, but mostly wanted no part of it. He says that his involvement with teaching about them, about this this demon, could in fact open the door to this being and put the plains tribes in harm's way. So instead, he pointed Gary and Wendy to another man, who he knew of, and this man had knowledge on these beings. But other than that he wanted to remain basically completely anonymous to the the conversation. So with that being said, Gary and Wendy took a trip into Navajo country, to a place where they could uncover the secrets of the Skinwalker. For the beginning of the conversation, which this just, I think this just leads to the severity to which these people take this, but the beginning of the conversation nothing was actually said between them and this contact of theirs they basically traded notes on paper and they were instructed to memorize them once that was done he took these papers and burned them into his wo- in his wood stove which would obviously set the mood that this man was making damn sure nothing was going to find or hear what they were talking about.
0: At first I almost thought it had some, some sort of tulpic uh, connotation to it when they said they wouldn't talk about it, that it wouldn't even speak on it, but it's it's almost more than that, that they can, as long as it's not said out loud, that they feel almost all right with it. It's almost like saying its name or giving its name as some sort of incantation that brings it forth
1: almost like kind of allowing a vampire into your house, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Sort of, sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah. In a nutshell.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it goes to show the, the, the seriousness of, of how they take this. I mean, it's not, it's nothing to joke around with them. Um, they, they learned that this contact of theirs, he was also a medicine man. He began to tell them how, which I find super interesting. He said that the gods actually created the skinwalker to provide their people with the ability to change into animals. This way, they could sneak into the camps of the Spanish who had invaded. Once the shapeshifters returned to the tribe, they would change back, bearing a warning of where the Spanish were and where they were going to be going. But after all was said and done, the power of the skinwalker was never taken back by the gods. The contact expressed how the skinwalker also has mystical properties as well. It possesses the power to make people do things, even hurt or kill themselves. The contact told Gary and Wendy that not all witches are skinwalkers, but all skinwalkers are witches. And to turn into a skinwalker, you must kill a sibling or other close relative, which we have heard this before in some of our other researches. It seemed in that the most common reasons to want to become a skinwalker, and I would assume this would be in today's setting or recent setting, but the most common reason would be basically greed or desire. From another contact along the way, they learned that it is it's a no-no to wear the pelt of any animal and his people, the Navajos, only wear two pelts, cowhide or sheepskin, because for some reason, a skinwalker cannot turn into these animals.
0: thats I never heard that before. That's weird.
1: Another tradition hmm. is to never comb your hair at night for fear a skinwalker <laughs> may take some strands and use it to curse you. The Navajo tribal dogs will also freak out when a skinwalker is near. At this point, Gary and Wendy think back about their stay and how many times they had heard dogs barking and becoming agitated in the area gary and wendy were able to find local reports from mormon missionaries they would report seeing these creatures running alongside their vehicles at night which actually dated back to the horse and buggy days
0: that's that's so creepy dude
1: it's bizarre and keep that tidbit in mind Skinwalkers also apparently hate the smell of burning sage. Gary and Wendy began collecting stories of the skinwalker. One such report came from who they will refer to as Uncle Yaz. They met over two days at different restaurants that had outdoor seating. So as they sat outside, so no one could overhear their conversation, Uncle Yaz began telling of his encounters all the while looking around constantly as nervous as could be. Then all of a sudden, during their conversation, he would just start, like it was like he was in the middle of a sentence. And then all of a sudden, he would switch and start talking of his wartime stories. And it really confused Gary and Wendy. They were like, what the hell is this guy doing? So they're both looking at him, like, okay, you're off your rocker, whatever. But Yaz actually started to motion with his eyes, and they both looked over. About 20 feet away sat a raven in a tree. So Gary and Wendy started to like, kind of more or less play along, attempting not to draw the attention of the skinwalker to their location, or to the to the attention of what they're talking about. Uncle Yaz then began to explain that skinwalkers will check on him from time to time because they know he is a well-established medicine man. So during this conversation, he would switch to his military career several times. Each time he did this, an animal was nearby. Now, what's bizarre is at one point, Gary and Wendy noticed a squirrel, but the squirrel was off. It, They describe it as... It seemed to have larger paws than normal, almost like the paws should be belong to something of the size of like a fox.
0: That's so bizarre, super weird. I'm just picturing it in my head, and now it's gonna have me looking for animals with f- f- fucked up limbs and large heads and all kinds of dude. It's
1: shit. it's it's so weird.
0: It, that would be such a terrible spot to be in, to be such a well-known medicine man that you have all these nefarious entities that are keeping... Tabs di- on you. Yeah, tabs on you, and to the fact where, like, now you know which ones are which. Right. And you have you have a whole... Like, your whole demeanor is down to just try to avoid any contact from these things.
1: Well, and and, you know... On top of all that, he's talking about them as well. I don't know that it would be such a problem like if they just checked on him from time to time because if you're not talking about him, I don't think there's much to worry about. However, he's kind of spreading their secrets, and I don't think that's something they like. And I'll get to that later. I'll put it that there. But uh anyways, after a few days of meeting... Wendy transferred all of their collected data to a cloud site. Then she wiped all of the computers that they'd taken with them clean of any data that they had collected. So basically all of everything that they had learned she took the physical copies away, got rid of them. After they had gotten back to their cars, they left to return home. On the way, they stopped to eat. And as they're eating, they hear an explosion. Everyone in the diner rushed to the windows to see what had happened. And it seemed that a barn had caught fire, but it didn't take long for the fire trucks to show up and handle it. So everybody just kind of went back to doing their thing. However, something very interesting happened while all this was going on. After Gary and Wendy had finished eating, they went back to their car. But it seemed someone or something had gotten into their car. All of their equipment was gone. Even more puzzling were there, there was no sign of anyone breaking into it. The, the doors were still locked and yet all of their equipment had vanished. So they ended up calling Uncle Yaz and guess what? Someone had also gotten into his home and taken his laptop.
0: What? So even so it's almost like they, they can't even leave a digital trail because they wiped their laptops, yes, before, but the
1: way I, the way I take it is that like these things
0: were looking to see if there was a digital trail.
1: yeah, like they were they at least suspected yeah. that Uncle Yaz was giving these people information, so they wanted to go see if there was information and then they needed to get rid of it. yeah, yeah,
0: I gotcha, that's so weird.
1: And luckily all parties involved that day had gotten rid of all of the, all of the information. So nothing could be found. And I'm telling you, like I want to do a little bit more from this book other than what is going to be presented today. But I also want people to go buy this book because some of the, the things that happen in this book are just freaking bizarre. And their lore and belief in the skinwalker and the powers of the skinwalker they the the first nations people don't fuck with it at all period the end i don't blame them especially if there is loads of truth to this cuz i mean in some of the accounts you hear i mean just more or less you displease the Skinwalker, or, or uh, one of the witches, or whatever, and they just put a curse on you, and you you more or less start dying. Like it is, it's insane. But the, and this was, you know, presented right there was like Gary and Wendy's actual experiences while well, looking into this. And then from here, the book kind of turns into submissions. I I have two submissions here. Like I said, I don't I don't want to present all the stories in this book because the book is phenomenal. What I'd say, Steve, there's like 19 chapters, all oh, of yeah. them different stories. You're really,
0: the chapters off and I'm like, man. This
1: uh, is... Oh, man, they're so cool. But these two stories are out of this world. They're amazing. The first one involves a husband and a wife. They were pretty avid hikers and decided to hike within this national park system. Well, the couple stayed at a hotel one night on their travels and it just so happened they ran into another group of people who had just got done hiking in the area which they were staying. And they described it as one of the most beautiful areas they'd ever seen. So with that in mind, the the married couple kind of abandoned their current set of plans and decided to venture into this new area. This new area was also known as the Dark Canyon.
0: That's ominous. Right.
1: They arrived at said location and began their adventure. Following the directions on a map, they were able to acquire. But ultimately, they wanted to find the unexplored offshoots of the main path. As the day day began to narrow down, they noticed movement off to the left. And... And this is while they were they were on their hike into this new area, but they, they noticed that an animal of sort was being attacked by four large hawks. Well, as they were watching this take place, eventually, unfortunately, the hawks won by wearing the animal out. But the interesting thing was that the sun was setting while they were watching this, and the sun actually revealed a path that they had ha- they had not noticed. They even note, if it wasn't for seeing this attack and watching it play out, we never would have seen this path. So they decided, well, we're here for an adventure. Let's go. They they did do something semi-smart, and they tied a piece of red cloth at the entrance just in case they were to get turned around. Nice. And they could find their way back. But they start exploring deeper and deeper into these little cuts of the canyon. They eventually reach the end. And it had seemed like a a large boulder had actually fallen into the path and blocked it. So from here, they decided, all right, well, it's getting late. We're going to call it a night. So the wife begins to get out of the sleeping bags and, and just start getting everything ready for the night. The husband starts looking around for ancient petroglyphs. Well, once again, like a calling, the sun actually starts to light up another cut in this little canyon that they're in. So the husband climbed his way onto this boulder that had fallen to block the path and noticed that it kind of cuts off. So he climbs down off the boulder, goes into this little new cut, and starts exploring it. He said it was roughly 30 by 30 feet. It was also covered. So essentially, they were inside a cave. Only in the middle of the ceiling was a hole which let the sun in and it completely lit the room up. Except for like the the very edges of the wall that kind of still remained shadowy. The husband also noticed how on each side of this room there were channels that almost looked like a man had made. So when the rain actually came through the hole in the ceiling, it would channel into these channels and keep everything else dry.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm... Um curious as to uh, how the the hawk encounter plays in because you often hear especially when we talk about our encounters that these hawks are are like protectors and keepers yep. of the peace and stuff of that nature so it makes me wonder if they themselves whatever the creature they were attacking might possibly be
1: uh, that is weird that's a weird thought
0: one of the shapeshifters. Or skinwalkers.
1: <clears throat> Could be. But I mean, imagine where they're at now. Like they're in this little cave area. Not to mention they are looking for a place to sleep. And it kind of just has this perfect ambiance to it. They're on this wicked little adventure. I feel like if I stumbled into that cave room with like the skylight, I'd be like, All right,
0: this is where we're napping. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like they're, like you said, like they're being guided. Yeah. All these different little, little pathways light up and open up. So they're just, they're just kind of going with the flow and then they end up here at this, like, I just picture like this dome shaped kind of room that's got the little skylight in the top, like you said, almost like it's a perfect place to just to kind of camp out and hide out.
1: Yep. And that's, that's, that's where, I, I mean, I, I would be stoked, you know, and. On top of that, he's probably thinking, you know, at some point ancient people may have found this very location and used it as a home to keep them safe from predators, elements, the whole nine. So, like I said, of course, they're like, all right, this is where we're going call it, to call it a night. A nice little protected area. But it wasn't long before they realized they were not actually alone. They got their flashlights out and the husband had left the canteen near the entrance to this place. When he backed when he went back to retrieve it, it was gone. They ended up finding it in a different corner of the cave, almost like it had been tossed aside. While searching around with the flashlights, they noticed yet another cut in the canyon. It was roughly two feet wide, and whenever they shined their lights into it, it seemed like it, it either did one of two things. It just went on for essentially forever, or the end of it actually curved out of sight to where they couldn't, they couldn't tell where it ended. However, as most people do, you know, they, they explain it away. Like with the canteen, they they rationalized the situation and decided it was most likely some curious animal that had messed with it and knocked the canteen over. Not to mention the day spent hiking had already worn them out. So they were just ready for bed, essentially. Now, Roughly 2 a.m. comes and the husband is woken up by his wife screaming. So instantly he grabs his revolver and flashlight and starts to scan the room, only to see a shadowy figure exiting the cave. All he caught was just the slightest, quickest glimpse of something. Then he started to talk to his wife and she said someone had touched her face. The hand felt hairy and had claws, which believe it or not, left claw marks on her face. Oh, shit. So she, this obviously wasn't just some dream. So they decided to... I, they had like a little lantern, and they left it on really dim. You know, I'm assuming... They, they had to have been just exhausted. But also, they, they might have played it off that maybe it was just some animal that had gotten curious and come in and did that and then bounced because they eventually, the wife ends up falling back asleep. But thankfully, the husband, he was on such high alert at this point that he was just staying up and kind of watching.
0: Hey, Cult, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovas Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovas is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids.
1: And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have... Crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They, they have it all. And it's, it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events... There's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin, hollow sky branded boots. How awesome would that be?
0: Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit to That's That's dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: It wasn't long until the shadowy visitor would make its return. The husband laid back, or he was laying next to his wife, and watched as this thing began to creep back into the cave. He was squinting his eyes and pretending to be asleep, all the while watching this thing and slowly reaching for his gun. Once his hand found the revolver, at that point, he was ready. So this the creature once again approaches his wife, and as it starts to reach back out for his wife, dude just jumps up and starts squeezing rounds off. Bow, 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 bow. And he said, even though it was a twenty-two, the noise in this room was deafening.
0: Oh, I bet.
1: And the explosion from the rounds were just lighting up the room as he fired. Both the wife and the creature began screaming. But all of this gave the husband a very chilling look at whatever this thing was. His description is rather terrifying, and it goes a little bit like this. He said that the the thing stood roughly six feet tall. It had long, flowing, all-black hair. The hair was thin because as it moved it would like move in the wind as it ran. The claws were very pronounced. The eyes are something he said he'll never forget. They were yellow and seemed to have a glow all its own. He said this thing moved, which this is disgusting. He said this thing moved almost like a spider as it bailed out of the cave. That is creepy. Yeah, it's just a very ominous description of how this thing moved.
0: It's creepy, and the glowing eyes you hear in reports of like Bigfoot and Dogman <clears throat> and stuff of that, which makes you wonder if a Skinwalker can take the form of these unknown cryptidesque entities.
1: Maybe, maybe that's a good. That's a good.
0: Can you imagine a Skinwalker Dogman? That would suck. It would suck. Not that would be. I also want to note that, like, we as humans are just prone not to be around for very long. Like, you're out in the middle of the woods, and you're in this cave, and you know you left something in a specific spot. Right. And then you go back to get it, and it's not there, and you're like, oh, shit, that's weird. Maybe some animal got it. And then you find it further into the cave where you're already at, that it's been moved on its own, and you're just like, eh, it's it's probably I'm sleepy. It's probably nothing. I'm sleepy. I probably just bumped it, and then it flew to the other side of the cave and magically placed itself there.
1: Yeah, a lot of times there is a severe lack of intelligence. We are bait. Yeah.
0: For that's true. Otherworldly ethereal beings. That's true. But anyways,
1: the couple ends up obviously at this point. Fuck this! So they pack up their stuff. And they leave. They climb back over the boulder. And at this point, the sun is just starting to light up the area. Enough to just barely see. But it also exposed the creature as it darts past them. And it hides behind this large rock. Well, the husband once again grabs his gun, approaches the rock, jumps around it. And he's thinking, I'm just going to put it down. Whatever this is, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end it here because I'm not trying to deal with no more attacks, nothing. However, when he did, he started a large coyote, which ran away quickly. Mm, weird. Only when he began to inspect the area, he noticed blood behind the rock. Which begs the question, did this thing turn into a coyote to throw the man off, or was it just using the coyote to more easily escape through, Mm. you know, some narrow passages or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Either way, they hiked back and, and sure enough, made it to their car, which at that point, you know that would have been, like, the biggest sigh of relief upon seeing your car. They pack their stuff up, they drive off. But this isn't where the story ends. As they were leaving, he's driving down the road. He hears his wife scream, watch out. And as he looked over, he saw the figure keeping pace with them. So naturally, as anybody would do, you speed up. And he's like, I'm holding on for dear life at this point because the roads are so bumpy and shitty, and I'm going 60 mile an hour now. But this thing was keeping pace with that window. Wasn't, Wasn't trying to let up at all. Only when another car's headlights started coming in the opposite direction did this thing finally end its pursuit but the wife yells for her husband to look one last time as this thing's running away and it actually turned into a coyote only it had a black pelt like the creature they had seen before but the weird thing is as it was running on its hind legs That's so as a creepy. coyote That's
0: so creepy i've heard that before from somewhere
1: it's in, weird, man.
0: in the hunt in some hunter account or something. It's so weird.
1: it it's it's fucking bizarre. And this next story is just as bizarre because it ties, in my opinion, this next story ties the episode together. But once again, like i'm I'm being pretty brief in the description of these stories. Like you need to read these stories if they interest you. And the books are really cheap on Amazon. Uh, but man, they're, they're phenomenal. Like I said, in the detail, especially in this next one, like he gives a lot of detail of the, the area that he was uh, hiking, which makes it sound amazing. But anyways, the next story involves a man who was retired and he had been... I don't know if he saw an episode or, or or read about it or something. But anyways, he's retired, right? And he decides, all right, I am going to go search for the lost Dutchman mine. And his wife, you know, she was like, hey, you got nothing better to do. You're retired. You can afford it. Why not? Go go do it. So what's he do? He packs up and heads to the strange mountains and search... <laughs> In search of fortune. So he goes up there, begins his search on the area, climbing in and out of places, following trails to see where it'll lead. Around 4 p.m. that day, it starts getting dark within the canyon. So he's kind of of starting to look for a place to lay his head for the night, but he notices a large shadowy figure dart by. Being that it was so hot out, he thought maybe it was a hallucination. However, after he would see the figure again, but this time he got a pretty damn good look at it. The being looked like a half crow, half man. What? Yeah. And then, like, like he the way he describes it is like as soon as he's seen it, it darts away. Like it just. Goes away.
0: That's it. It makes me think of the Owl Man, a little bit. From yeah, Monan, a little bit. And if if maybe <clears throat> if maybe they're all similar in that nature, like we we thought maybe they're different races of cryptids, but maybe this is all sort of like a S- skinwalker shapeshifter based, which is gross. I never thought of it like that. That's that's weird. I don't know.
1: It is weird. But once again, the rational mind does what the rational mind does. And it starts to explain it away. We are our own worst enemy. Right? And, you know, what he tells himself is he's like, I'm pro- it's probably because I'm exhausted and dehydrated. I'm probably hallucinating. So he continues on and finds a nice little cave area about six feet high, 15 foot wide, and about three foot deep. So he's like, all right, this is it. This is the spot. I'm going to lay my head. He starts making a camp. Uh, he went out collected firewood, gets the sleeping bag out, gets a nice little fire going. So, you know, at this point, he's, he's mostly enjoyed his venture. He's seeing all the sights and just kind of relishing in the area and in the idea of what he's doing, you know, being in a spot where ancient people have been and he's also on a, a treasure hunt essentially. Now that was all until that night when he's sitting by the fire and he notices a shadowy figure right across from him at the fire. He said it had a scrawny wolf like appearance with glowing yellow eyes. The man instantly pulls his gun and begins to fire letting loose five rounds from his revolver. He kn- he didn't know- he know knows he hit it because it screamed as it ran off, but he ended up just kind of staying there in his little place. Now, once morning broke, he went out and started to track the creature. He could barely make out some footprints and bloodstains. So, he started to follow him a little bit, which was more or less fruitless. Now... Ironically enough, like in the last story, this this oddity of a situation presents something else. Now, on his way back, after trying to track this thing, on his way back, he actually sees another pathway that he wouldn't have noticed if he wouldn't have tried to track it. And he's looking at this thing, and he's like, man... Should I go down here? Should I I do this? But then he rationalizes it to himself. He's like, well, I did come here to find treasure. One. Two. Whatever this thing was ran in the complete opposite direction of where I'm going now. So I should be okay. Right?
0: He's out to find some gold, so. Right. Greed will win.
1: Every time. So he ventures into this new channel. And he actually makes a rather amazing discovery. He's in this channel and he describes it as like walking into. And I'm not going to do any justice. The book is ridiculous about describing this area, but it's like he, he walks across this pathway, which like I envision he walks into this big room cave area And he's like, you can tell it's been chiseled on by humans, et cetera, et cetera. And I almost picture like this bay window into this cave. Because he's like on the the face of a cliff now, right? And he's like, he's looking around and he sees like straw on the ground. Like it was some type of bedding area. And then he, he... At this point, he 100% knows humans were involved in this area because he he notices two, like, iron rings that were connected to the wall. He assumed, like, maybe this is where they, like, kept dogs tied down or something. He begins to explore a little bit further into the cave, house, whatever, and he notices this little entryway into this next room. On the side of this entryway are two really thick heavy metal bars and as luck would have it the dude used to work in the security vault job air market whatever and he's like man those would have had those would have housed really heavy doors they would have been narrow but imagine what it took to get those Doors in here, and he gets to inspecting it, and he notices holes on the ceiling and the floor, like where you could have ran, uh, like bolt, like pins into the ground to keep these doors shut. So he's like, it had to have been a vault, without question, it had to have been a vault. So obviously, at this point, he's getting pretty excited. ching. but he thinks to himself, he's like, man, <clears throat> you know, like. There would be no no reason to carry these doors out of here. Like, why are these doors gone? So he actually goes back around to like the entrance ish where that like bay window area was, and I mean it. Like, it was if you stuck your head out this thing, you were literally like looking down. It was just a cliff drop off, right? And he's like, just on a hunch, on a whim, I go back over there. I pull my binocular out and I look down and he's like, and I can see the corner of a heavy steel door poking out from rubble. Right? So, so he's really excited now. He's like, holy shit. I was right. Like this is a vault. Let's go. So he goes back, begins looking around some more. Unfortunately, he doesn't find any gold in there. Nothing more at all. But he decides, you know what? I'm going to take another look into this where this this straw bedding and stuff was. So he goes in there and he starts kind of moving the straw around a little bit and he hears a tink. And he's, he knew exactly what the noise was. It, he's like, it, it was a fucking bottle, a glass bottle within this straw. So he picks it up and he's really admiring it. You can tell it's really old and, as he brings it to his face, he can see inside this bottle is a rolled up piece of paper. Right. And I'm, I don't know. I don't know if maybe if it had expanded and he couldn't get it out or if there was a cap that was like permanently on that he couldn't get off because he said as much as he regretted doing it, he had to break the top of the bottle. But he's like, I, he's like being that I was here Looking for treasure.
0: That could be a map. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I found a rolled up piece of paper in a bottle. I can't just leave it in, in there. I have to look at this.
0: Understandable. Right. We'll allow
1: it. Right. So he ends up breaking the top off. And the note reads as follows. It's dated. Get this. It's fucking dated 7 8 18 12. Oh, Okay.
0: Been there a hot minute.
1: Yeah. And it says, to whoever finds me, found Peralto money cash. Only 12 gold coins in pocket. Yours now. Skinwalker broke my leg slash, slashed me. Shot him and he left. Getting dark. Can't stop blood. Tell Rosita. And that was the end. and like the guy noted like you What? You could tell like he was struggling to get this all to fit on this little bitty piece of paper he had. Like oh it was a little god. bitty piece of paper.
0: That is awesome.
1: Dude, how fucking wild would that be?
0: I Can you imagine being there finding the bottle and reading it? Skinwalker here. I, dude, I I'd say okay, from 18, 1812
1: 1812.
0: Oh my god. I think about the poor dude writing it. That's that's exactly
1: that's exactly what dude said
0: by a skinwalker and knowing that you can't you can't defend yourself anymore. Well, what's he, crazy he is, is he out. Knew what a skinwalker was, and that's so. Weird. I mean,
1: not trying to be uh, like profiling here.
0: Right, yeah, I said Rosita. Rosita, right? It's definitely a Spanish. Spanish name. That's uh... pretty wild.
1: It is awesome. It's super awesome.
0: I'm gonna be so bummed if I don't find a message in a bottle referencing skinwalkers.
1: Well once again to the bad luck or whatever of this guy, he's like, I don't I don't see any like human remains in this in this place. I don't find any gold coins. But he's like, I did find treasure. Like this is amazing. So he makes camp again, you know, lays down for the night. But this time he definitely slept with his gun in his hand because uh, yeah he had read this note and like he I don't think at that point he made the connection. He was like, I don't know what the fuck a skinwalker is, but I'm not I'm not taking any chances. So he sleeps with his gun, everything goes fine. Um morning comes. He packs up, decides to head out, puts bottle and note in his backpack. Now, he w- he gets back out of these rooms, starts walking back, and he turns this corner on the path, and something smacks into him hard. Boom! knocks him down. At the same time, removes his book bag. What? And takes off running. And dude catches a glimpse of it. And it's the exact creature that he saw the night before that he shot. What? So this thing took his backpack, which
0: had the note.
1: Had the note inside it.
0: Which is as good as a computer. Yeah. With information <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: on it. Exactly. That's so why <sighs> that part confuses me so much. Because like why don't they want information out? Like you can see the tulpic idea as to why why everyone doesn't want it out, because the more you put thought and information into it or thought and power into it, the more the more it could be. But why don't they want knowledge of their existence out?
1: I think I mean, I think it's the obvious answer to me. They want to operate within the shadows, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because if if people don't know they exist, they don't even know what the fuck's happening, right? Because they said most of the time these things want to be a skinwalker for greed. Yeah, like yeah there's yeah. a reason behind it. You know, various reasons.
0: I mean, if that thing was let's let's play devil's advocate here, and let's say that that thing was the same skinwalker that attacked Old Boy in the eighteen hundreds. It had to if if it knew the dude had that bottle in his backpack within let's say eight hours of him finding it, that thing had to know that bottle was in that cave. Oh, for sure. Why didn't he just get for rid sure. of it? Oh, maybe he didn't
1: know. But they it it says that they have mystical properties about them. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Unless, that's unless a good question. Unless the guy though.
0: getting it and reading it.
1: Ooh, that's a that's a good the one there. Maybe I, like out loud. I like that. It's, I, I do know, like that. I do like that. It's so weird. Yeah, I could see him reading it out loud too, being so excited yeah. about it. Oh
0: yeah. And this thing heard it and was like, "Oh shit."
1: Right, yeah. I do <laughs> I like that. I that I think that's where I would I would put money
0: down. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Cuz I read I also I was reading some little little tidbits on uh skinwalkers and their uh, their supposed abilities and such and they talked about uh, having telepathy. Let me see if I can find it. Interesting. Yeah, Wouldn't surprise me though. So here, this is from the unnaturalworld.phantom.com. I don't I don't know how much credence this holds, but I'm just going to put it out there. Powers and abilities of said skinwalkers. Um, I'll read a few off. Shape-shifting, of course. Skinwalkers can shape-shift into any animal in the world that they know of, including humans.
1: Oh, that's gross.
0: Yeah, sucks. Telepathy. Skinwalkers are also telepathically linked with each other, enhancing their coordination during hunts and fights, but allowing little or no privacy at the time. Skinwalkers can read other humans' minds and control them. Skinwalkers from two different groups can communicate telepathically and are able to choose which thoughts they share. Which made me think about a medicine man dude who automatically knew these things were there. Yeah. Maybe he was on top of that.
1: Medicine man dude did say that skinwalkers have mystical properties and they can make people do things yep. and harm themselves or kill themselves. So yeah. there you go. That that I think that I think that answers it.
0: Um, voice mimicry. Uh, skinwalkers can copy animal or human voices to lure victims to attack them. They generally Makes copy sense. the sound of a human that is in need of help. Mind possession. If a human looks into Skinwalker's eyes, the Skinwalker can control their mind and can magically steal their skin for their own use, kind of like uh, possession. Essentially, they would just take over their mind. Reminds think. me a lot of uh, Wendigo as well. Uh, Skinwalkers do use magic charms or magic and charms to control and possibly kill their victims. They have superhuman strength in human form; their strength is almost superhuman, and in animal form, it is at its peak. They have superhuman speed. Skinwalkers reach great speeds, some up to 100 miles per hour, which often allow them to outrun motor vehicles and have a greater endurance than normal humans. Superhuman agility. They can move, jump, climb, and run incredibly fast without exhaustion. Durability. A skinwalker's bodily tissue are much harder and more resistant to physical energy than those of an ordinary human. Their bodies are able to withstand great impact forces and blunt trauma that would severely injure or kill a normal human. Uh, Skinwalker longevity. Skinwalkers have a slower aging process and can live longer than normal humans. Healing factors. Skinwalkers can heal and regenerate very quickly. While not completely invincible, these capabilities allow them to continue battling even after serious injury. In some cases, this accelerated healing can be detrimental to them.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, predator rules, bitch. If it bleeds, we can kill it.
0: That's true. Here are supposed weaknesses. Um, in human form while it's virtually impossible to kill a skinwalker in human form there are magical ways to protect oneself and even kill a skinwalker uh, magic skinwalkers are susceptible to all powers of magic a bullet dipped in white ash uh, the only way to kill a skinwalker in its animal form is to shoot it in the neck with a bullet dipped in white ash um interesting it says, granted, the First Nations people did not have guns for centuries while the skinwalker legend existed. This is likely an embellishment or modification of the tradition of burning white ash in areas suspected of ha- of having skinwalkers. The combustion from a gun may deliver a more direct uh, shot in an unwitting instant of accidental ingenuity. Um, skinwalker Silver skinwalkers are vulnerable to and can only be killed by weapons that are made out of silver. Hmm. Like I said, I don't know if there's any yeah. any meat to any of these. I just thought it was interesting to share right. them. Don't if you come across the skinwalker, don't take the time to dip your bullets in white ash. Come on. <laughs> but anyways,
1: like I said, back to this guy's story here. Creature makes off with the the backpack and the note. Uh, dude ends up getting back to like I guess where his main camp was where he had a tent and shit set up. And he said the, the campsite was slashed to pieces. It looked like a bear had attacked what? it.
0: Why do they always got to do that? I don't know. That's a dick move. It is.
1: But so he abandons that pretty fast, starts going back to his car, gets to his car, takes off, going down the roads with his high beams on, because it's kind of like real early morning. Looks alongside his window, and guess what's running right next to the car? 50 mile an hour, this thing is right there.
0: Coyote with on its back legs.
1: Well, driving down the road. Another car starts coming down the road. Once again, creature dips, out. dips off. As he looks over at this thing running, the creature is now a deer running on its hind legs.
0: That. the that. Yeah, What? I'm just picturing it, and then um, then my mind just starts to wander, and and now it's got the backpack on, as it's also running. I hope so. Just I hope so. Giving him the finger. Yeah, it's
1: a big LOLs.
0: Yeah, just giving him a deer hoof finger. I don't even know how you do that. He'd figure it out. <laughs> it shape shifts his hand into a human hand to give it the fingers. I, I
1: hope, but yeah, that that's the end of that. But I'm telling you guys, buy these books. There's, I'm, there's one story I can recall. They watch this boy watches uh four natives at a little campfire and they're all wearing animal pelts well one guy wearing like i thought it might have been like a wolf pelt or something comes out from the shadows walks in front of this group of men and he stops in front of one of them and the boy remembers this guy the look on this guy's face like fuck and next thing you know the dude that was basically like, fuck. The boy can't r- really wrap his brain around it, but the, that dude was like a little dog or something. Like it transformed him into a small animal and they end up killing him right there in front of You know, the boy was hiding there. He wasn't supposed to be there. But there, were like, a, there was an execution there. He talks to his dad about it later on. His dad was like, at first his dad... Uh, lied to him about the story. It was like, oh, he probably just saw him put an animal down, blah, blah, blah. And later on, he gets the truth out of him and he's like, no, that guy, that guy knew he was going to die. He knew going there. So it seems like they also have this self regulating system within themselves mm-hmm. as well. Right. Cause there's a couple of stories kind of like that in there. There's one where a dude does some fucking woo woo stuff. Ends up getting a bunch of money, and then one day he takes his young, I think it's his nephew, grandson, young too, probably 12, 13. They go for a drive. They stop somewhere out of the middle of nowhere because at this point he's dealing with all this money and people are starting to ask questions. He goes way out into the desert with his grandson. And he stops, and he gets out of the truck, and he's like, you know your way back home, right? <clears throat> and the kid's like, yeah, I guess so. He's like, go ahead and take her back. I know you'll be all right. And he's like, and then my grandpa just turned and walked down this path out of the desert, nobody ever saw him again.
0: I just had, not to change the subject, but I just had the weirdest deja vu as we were sitting here and you were telling me this. Really? The last two stories. That's weird. Cause they're just, just off the cuff. I was just thinking to myself, I've heard these before. We've talked about these before, and it was it was the dog, it was the little dog one and the the execution one, and I'm like, man, maybe maybe we hear so many stories. Maybe maybe it's just my brain. And then you started with the grandpa walking off, and I'm like, my we have we have fucking had this conversation before.
1: don't oh, no, we haven't. Because I just <laughs> like off the cuff remembered them, but and, and I'm also trying to en- that is so weird. That is weird. I'm also trying to entice people to go buy the book cuz the stories in there are freaking amazing. Like I don't think any of them let me down. It's so weird. They're so good. They're they're I couldn't imagine getting a big string of these stories like they're so fucking wild, dude. And like I said with the sto- two stories that I went over, there's so many similarities
0: well the three all three of them even gary and wendy yeah the the things that they went through the way they tie in yeah Yeah. their similarities are so weird
1: it is and i'm i'm so excited to read the next two installments from this too so hell yeah so this definitely won't be the last little snippet we deal with i dig it i dig it it's so fucking cool I
0: dig it. Yeah, plug the book one more time before we wrap it up.
1: Yeah, it's called uh Skinwalkers, Shapeshifters, and Native American Curses by Gary and Wendy Swanson. Please go check them out if you're interested. Like I said, really affordable books, not expensive at all. I think they're like $10 bucks on Amazon. Great read. I think there's like 19 <laughs> chapters. I think it's what is it? Like a I mean it's not that big of a book. It's about a hundred and Fifty-page book. No, that ain't bad. No, good read though. Really good read.
0: So yeah, man, that was so yeah, weird though. I feel like I, I I could have almost finished the grandfather story. That
1: would have weird. been weird if you would have.
0: But I was just letting it play out. I'm like, man, because I'm thinking, I'm like, did we do an episode on this before? No. Have we talked about this before? No. And then, then, then that next story hit. I'm like, oh my god, we've had this conversation. Anyway, weird. Weird, weird stuff at the hollow camp uh, check us out on all our social medias Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and come hang out with us next week so till we meet again, stay safe, stay weird and if you find a note referencing skinwalkers in a bottle that's 200 years old, watch yourself because they're going to be coming for it